1: Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. Okay, so you are pregnant or you recently had a baby and you might have hoped for or expected this instant magical bond with your new baby. Sometimes though, that's not the case. And I would go as far as to say that for the most part, Most new parents don't feel that automatic connection and love. I say that the greatest love stories of all take time. And the same thing goes for your relationship with your child. In this episode, we're talking all about bonding with your baby. And I share a little bit about my own story with my first and some of the challenges that I had. And today's episode is a full circle experience that I'm inviting you into. I asked my now friend, Rachel Rainbold to come on to the podcast to talk about this. She herself played a huge role in my own bonding journey nine years ago. I'm so excited and honored to share this episode with you, and I'm so glad that you tuned in. All right, are you ready? Let's get to it. While I hope that this podcast is supportive to you. It is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed health provider. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, Rachel. Uh, I am so, so excited to have you back on the podcast and get a chance to spend the next 45 or so minutes with you. It is. Yay always uh, such a joy and i've i I received so much amazing wonderful warm positive feedback from our first episode that we did Mm -hmm couple of years ago, I think wow um you came over and that's when that's when did you li- were you still living here or were you I just was just visiting
2: and right. I was like, I need some cassidy time. And you were like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect because I want to record some Rachel Cassidy time. So it worked oh, out great. Okay
1: it did it did and i'll definitely link to that episode here in the show notes for anyone who's interested we talked about we talked about a lot of things but i think we also talked about parenting and gender identity um and raising our little's and it was such a beautiful conversation and I got so much great feedback so I'll definitely link that in the show notes but I want to start off by sharing with all the listeners how I first came to know you because that is super relevant to the topic that we're talking about today baby bonding and you know that attachment to our babies and you know when sometimes it doesn't happen right away and that's confusing <laughs> and hard Okay. So, 9 years ago, I was a brand new mama and I had a um I don't know, I think that I just, I always knew I wanted to be a mom and I was a therapist at the time and I thought I was prepared. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> then I had I had our first and our birth was challenging. I've talked about that in previous episodes um and so we had a, a, a tough start with me having some really tough initial thoughts about, you know, my first job as a mom. Um, and, and at least that's how I kind of perceived it, that I had failed her and that I, you know, couldn't look at her right when she was born because I was just so out of it. And, mm. and then I got to hold her and I remember looking down at her and just being like, wait, where's the like harp music and <laughs> butterflies and rainbows and sparkles that i was supposed to be feeling shower of glitter <laughs> yeah that, where where is that like that's you know that's what i see that's what i thought and i mean it was I don't know. I just had our third seven months ago and we've been spending a lot of time watching old videos. And I look back at myself at that during that time and, oh my gosh, I just want to crawl into the film and like wrap my arms around myself um, and just like Mm -hmm. whisper in her ear, like it's you just wait, just wait. It's going to be so good like she and you you guys are gonna have such a beautiful bond but it was um it was hard I felt I remember having thoughts of like she doesn't look like how I thought she was gonna look and like feeling a lot of shame around that and like because she didn't look like me I don't know what I yeah. I think that I just pictured me as a baby because <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's just what I pictured and she didn't look like what I thought she was gonna look like and she was crying a lot <laughs> and and i was i was i was really anxious and i was recovering from a traumatic birth and my partner was struggling with postpartum depression and it was just like messy and i don't know and i just thought that it was going to be different and i thought i was going to be immediately connected and attached to her and i just wasn't and that was just the beginning of our story but when you're in it it feels like this is the story like this is Mm -hmm. it like I am just a mother who doesn't feel connected to her child and it just felt awful so I really wanted to find something to do with her um, where it could maybe be um, a connecting bonding experience and I heard about you. I think, what was your business name back then? It was at Ohana. Ohana
2: Wellness. Ohana
1: Wellness. Yes. (laughs) And you were a baby massage leader and supporter. And it just, I was like, okay, I I remember hearing your voice on something and I'm like,
0: Mm. all right,
1: (laughs) this is, this this, this lady seems to know what she's talking about here. So I'm going to go. And we, um, I, I packed Riley up, and it was in your home. Um, and I remember walking in, and just like, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm all about like, enter the energy of a space, mm-hmm. and it was just so warm and inviting. Mm-hmm. And we took off our shoes, and we sat down on your carpet, and later down, and I remember, um, you. At the time, you already had littles, but I don't think any of them were babies. So you had like a a prop, like a toy baby in front of you to kind of- A doll. A doll and to show us and teach us baby massage and- I just, I still remember. I still like the way that you looked into this baby's eyes, like this baby doll's (laughs) eyes, and the way that you spoke to this baby with such tenderness and adoration Mm -hmm. and love. And I remember in the beginning, Rachel, I would mimic your tone and what you would say. I mean, you were teaching us, um, these little songs that we could sing as we were giving our babies massage. And I would I remember I would like look at you and I would be like, okay, let me try this on, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I would, yeah, mimic your tone and your voice. And, um you were teaching us to massage our babies and i still remember some of the songs ringa ding ding dinky dinky ding dinky do i love you as you massage the baby's belly with the sweet yes. little oil and um uh i just i look back and it's another one of those moments that is forever ingrained in my mind like i still remember just the sensation of the carpet under me and looking at her and she was crying a lot. So I pick her up and you just like, the way that you gave, held space for that. And you're like, this is how babies communicate. And like, mm-hmm. this is beautiful. And look at her and look at how you responded to her. And I just remember being like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I did respond to yeah. her. Um, and gosh, I look back on myself then. Cause I remember thinking like, what are you doing? Like, you're like literally like stealing somebody else's like <laughs> voice and tone and but it was it was exactly what i needed and slowly but surely it became my own voice and my own tone and my own way of speaking to her and my own way of feeling that sense of um of feeling more rooted in my role as a mom and that bonding journey took time but i think all the greatest love stories take time, you know, and, uh, you were such a, you were such, you didn't know it. You didn't know it at the time. Um, but I've shared it with you since, um, that you were just, you played such an important role for me as a brand new mama, um, finding my footing in my role and in my bonding and connection with my child. And when I, when I thought of doing this episode on bonding with babies, bonding with your baby and talking about connect connection with your baby. Um, I just was like, there's no one else I can have (laughs) except for Rachel. (laughs) Like this is just, it feels like such a full circle thing. Nine years later, um, to have that nine year old be a kid who just, I know just from the way that she trusts me, the things that she shares with me. And, um, we just have such a, such a deep bond and it just feels yes. so cool to nine years later be able to share that story without <laughs> bursting into <laughs> a puddle of tears which wouldn't be awful if i did but like to just be able to talk about it as part of our story um and to have you here and to share you with with others it just feels so full circle so thank you
2: oh i am so tremendously honored by that i mean it The work that I... So, okay, let me... If it's okay, can I start at the beginning a little bit? Can you give us
1: a little bit of context? Yeah, because I know that like so much of your work has evolved, but um, that was how I first came to know you.
2: Yeah. When I started... Well, I had worked with children and families forever. And when I started grad school, I gave birth to my first. So... As I was, like it was literally I gave birth in two two weeks into the first semester of graduate school for marriage and family therapy. And so as I'm learning all of these things about, you know, psychology of motherhood and all that kind of stuff, I am like walking through the fire myself. Yeah, you're deep in it. Yeah, I am like in that, in the midst of being reborn as a mother Mm. as all that's happening. And then I gave birth to my second about two weeks after graduating with my master's degree. And while all of my colleagues were stepping into like agency work and private practice, I just really felt called to do this, like meaning like making meaningful contributions out in the world in ways that like fulfilled me while also being fully present and growing into this connection with my little ones too. And so how I did that was by starting this business that I still have today. Back then it was called Ohana Wellness, but and I started off getting certified to teach infant massage. And I did that because a friend of mine who kind of worked in a similar field was. Was an educator for these classes, like she certified instructors and had me come to um, a training and allowed me to bring my baby with me. So you know, it's this room of like fifty professionals, and I'm sitting there on the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> with my baby and breastfeeding and whatever. Mm-hmm. My baby's crying and talking and sleeping and doing all the things, and I'm learning this. And so when I started doing these classes, it was the most amazing marriage of. Like all of the psychological work on like attachment and things mm-hmm. like that that I was really leaning into hard and studying hard and and learning about so deeply. But this infant massage thing gave us this like f- this physical vehicle to work on all of that stuff. So like when your little baby would communicate that she had a different need, you know, than what massage was needing in that moment. And you would pick her up and I could say, oh, did you, did you all notice how her whole body went limp? Like when her chest touched yours, Mm -hmm. like, oh, that was beautiful. Like reading of her cues, Cassidy, like to just be able to provide that like circle of like maternal, I don't know, validation. Oh my God. really, really powerful. And, and because I had done all of this work with my little ones, like my babies were the demo babies. And then once they started getting old enough that they would run away because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they wanted to run and not be massaged, like, you know, three times a day, <laughs> then I, I had my demo baby, but because I'd spent so much time doing it, like with my real babies, yeah those same like you know it's like muscle memory right Mm -hmm. which there's a lot of mirroring in that like for the mothers too that like this is like you said just sort of that fake it till you make it because it is normal to not have you know to not be fully engulfed in a tidal wave of magical true love at first sight like the second your baby is placed in your arms that's normal and how that bond develops is by falling in love with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you met a potential partner who was great, you know, on paper, but Mm -hmm. you spent all your time like wiping their butt (laughs) and they were yelling at you. It would be hard to fall in love, right? Oh my gosh!
1: Yes, I. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be the quote, Rachel, from this episode. Already calling it.
2: <laughs> like you you oh gotta sometimes yes. like you've gotta fake it till you make it. You've gotta, you know, as like a mom would pick up her baby and be really focused on like the next thing. I'd be like let's take in a deep breath through our nose and just smell the scent of your baby. Like what images come to mind when you smell that scent just like just working on those little things and a whole lot of like putting the cart before the horse. Like, like if you were one of those moms that was so just stupidly deeply in love with your baby, like love drunk on oxytocin with your baby, what would your voice sound like? Yeah. And what would you say or do in this moment? And the mm-hmm. more you do that, the more natural it becomes, the more oh real and authentic it becomes.
1: It's exactly it. It's exactly it. And it felt really silly yes. at first <laughs> like because it didn't feel authentic because mm-hmm. I was struggling um, and – But, yeah, I think it's the context, right? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh. I mean, yeah, this is a little person that you've just met, right? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. they're also needing you all the time and keep – keeping you up at night. So you're also (laughs) sleep deprived and you're wiping their butts and you're just, it's a, it's a little person with no life experience. And there's just, I mean, I was super anxious. And when you're in that sort of fight or flight, um, that stress response is revved up, it's difficult to have the capacity to, connect right like yeah. the other the other system like when that stress response turns off is yeah rest digest and to be able to connect and it's so much harder to have that capacity um, but when I permitted myself to just you know what fake it till you make it mm-hmm. and exactly and just and and allow yourself to let somebody else support you in that, right? Um, and yeah. I think that in that space, you were um somebody who'd gone to school to be to, for to be a therapist. but and in that role, you were teaching us baby massage, but you were also, teaching us so much more because like while we were massaging or when there was ever like a lull, you were just talking to us about things and and educating us. And like you said, noticing these little things. And I think that that's what like, I know for me as a mom, that's what I needed. I needed somebody on the outside to say, to see what I couldn't see because I was so in the fog of it. You know what I mean? Like someone to say, do you see? Do you see how your baby's body just started that that breath they just took? That like, <sighs> you know, like yes. and I'm being held by you now, um, and that's what I needed. And and to and to say, take a moment to right now, just smell your baby's head, and to just like let that scent like overcome you. And it might not feel overcoming right now, but like what? How would you respond if it was? You know, like yes. I don't know. It's just I think that that's really what. I think that's why, um, moms just really need people around them that can hold that kind of space for them. And and I think this year I've been thinking about mamas this year and parents this year, um, just because if I didn't have that space to go into with that first, gosh, I don't know how long it would have taken me to get my head above water, um. You know, I, so I and I know there's there are so many virtual ways in which we can be doing that, um, but it was, and I think that we just have to find those creative ways, right? But it was just yeah. so such a pivotal part of of my journey, and so I, I want to get to more about that from you to hear more from you about how can how can parents be kind of um, finding these spaces now. But before we get there, can you talk to us a little bit more about Bonding and connection from the get go. Um, what talk to us a little bit about attachment? Because I know that this is something you've done a
2: lot of a lot of research around. Yes, I think like my favorite word. Like if I had to choose like one mantra for any new parent, it would be surrender. Mm. <laughs> like that would be it. There's definitely this like evolutionary predisposition that tries to prime us to like to clear the path for us to be able to fall into that attachment. But there are a lot of obstacles, particularly like in modern life and with modern expectations, especially on women. You, When I gave birth to my first at one point, I remember so vividly my baby had fallen asleep and I was laying on the floor, curled up in a ball, crying, Mm -hmm. believing that like my baby didn't love me and I was doing it all wrong. I was just drowning in a sea of, like, shoulds and should nots, like, so well-intentioned, like, trying to do everything right. Mm. And so if I can just, like, reach the the ears of one mama out there right now to say, like, let that shit go.
0: Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't
2: try. You're not going to do it right. There is no right. Like that's a lie. That whole like doing it right. It's not real. It's made up. They're fake rules. Like just surrender to... Who you are in this moment and who your baby is in this moment and what do they need and what do you need? Like Mm. those two things, it's like a Venn diagram and you want to just live in the middle, like live in that overlap. And that's where like all of the really wonderful, juicy, sustaining, like- Attachment goodness lives, and and it will carry you through to the long haul. Like you said, your daughter is nine now, and you have this really special bond. Like you get to withdraw all these dividends from these investments you made from this work you did yeah. in the early years. And I'll say, like for me too. I, I mean, my oldest is fifteen now, like, and she's trans, and she's starting college in the fall. And we have lots of neurodiversities in our family, mm. and like the that connection is everything like it's it's how we're still like healthy and thriving and in love like all of these years later mm, oh gosh and sometimes like and
1: i think that because i just had a baby 7 months ago um it's there's been a lot of reflecting because this experience was so different and Sometimes I wish that I could bottle up the perspective that I have now and like (laughs) like transport it (laughs) nine years ago and be like, hey here's some perspective, drink it. Like, I promise it's going to help. Like, like, to, like, one day, one day your kid's going to pick up a chicken nugget from McDonald's from the ground <laughs> and eat it and you're going to be like, eh, protein. You know, like, yes. and like right now you're so, you're holding on so tightly to this exclusive like, exclu- the exclusive breastfeeding. Like, mm. I need the exclusive word. Like, it's just, gosh, like, I just drink this perspective. I promise it'll yeah. help. Like, I wish, I wish, I wish. But, but, but also, but also, it was part of our story and part of our journey. And you know what? I am, I can't wait to one day. And I've already shared parts of my daughter's, my nine year old's um, birth story with her and our my my experience postpartum because she wants to know why I do the work that I do and like that mm. my, my experience with her was my muse like once and it, yeah. and it took time and healing to get to the space to be able to hold space for others but i can't wait to tell her so that if when she decides to become a parent one day and she, i can tell her hey you know yeah. what you know how you know how connected we are it, gosh It was really hard for me at first, you know, and so I just I can't wait that that I'm so grateful to have that experience and the messiness and the imperfection to be able to offer back to my children, you know, and that gets to be part of my narrative and part of my story. But gosh, when you're in it, Rachel, it feels like you're no, but you know what? It's, the, I, I'm, I'm different. Like I am, there's something actually maybe wrong with me. Yeah.
2: You know? and yeah. Like I said, me curled up in a ball on the floor <laughs> crying, but like yeah. my baby doesn't love me because I'm not good enough, especially for us. I know Cassie, you and, are, you and I are both like achievement oriented, mm-hmm. perfectionist style <laughs> helpers. Which maybe mm-hmm. just a little. <laughs> like, Ooh, that blade is sharp when you're on the receiving oh. end of it. And yeah. I like, mindfulness is a really big part of like a lot of the work I do is around gentle parenting and and really for anyone who's listening to your podcast they're gonna be the type of person that engages things like mindfulness right where we're like aware of what we're the sensations in our body and the thoughts in our mind and the feelings on our hearts and bonding in those early years with your baby is like extending that bubble of mindfulness to your infant yeah so in like any one given moment just push, let, like let those clouds of thoughts about schedules and shoulds and all that just float on by. And just in this moment, what is my baby feeling? Mm. What are they needing? Like what might they be sensing in their, but like just that, that same really simple mindfulness that you do for yourself, mm-hmm. just extend that bubble to your infant. Cause they don't have like the brain structure to do that work yet. Like, but you can do it for them. You can, you can. You can be that person to them who can help them and and do that out loud. Like I know you mentioned, like at first you feel so silly, right? Like Mm -hmm. talking, like using that voice and making that eye contact or saying and doing some of these things. But even just doing that work out loud, like, Mm. gosh, I see that distress you know, in your eyes, like, I wonder what you're feeling right now in your body, or I'm wondering, like, and it always just comes back to that need, like, I wonder what it is that you're needing right now, and just getting Mm. curious about it. And notice in that mindfulness state, like, there's no blame. There's no judgment there's no there's no right or wrong it's just what is it's just mm. it's just what are you thinking and feeling and needing right now and what am i thinking and feeling and needing right now and just two humans like being together i think mm. that's so much of that like raw connection just gets crushed by all of like those those mainstream pressures and concerns and really we can just let those those clouds float on by and just just be in the the present moment.
1: Coexist is the app that's revolutionizing how couples manage the mental load of household tasks and childcare. It's like having a personal assistant right in your pocket, helping you and your partner effortlessly share tasks, plan meals, collaborate on lists, and even give each other kudos along the way. Here's the cherry on top. For my amazing community, Coexist is offering an exclusive deal. Sign up for a two-week free trial before June 15th, and you'll get 15% off the annual plan on iOS with the code DRCASSIDY15. So what are you waiting for? Really take that first step towards a more harmonious home life today. Download Coexist on Android or iOS at getcoexist.com. So I was, the other day, I took um, our seven-month-old June out in the backyard, and uh, we were just kind of laying in some filtered sun, and it just, like, felt so good, and I was doing some of this, um, this sort of just mindfully being present with her and looking in her eyes and being, and I was so curious about what she was seeing and I wanted to see it from her perspective. And I was doing these things and I, she took, I took off her little, her little outfit. So she was just in her diaper and I was just like feeling her skin. And then I had a thought pop in my head because this is what our brain does, right? (laughs) Had the thought pop in that was like, like, well, you know, cause she like earlier that day had been kind of crying and it's like, well, what if she's constipated? Like, what if you gave her too much banana? Like what's mm-hmm. wrong with you that like you can't do this baby led feeding thing because it's so messy and mess is like so distressing to you. And like, and then I was like, and then this little thought popped in and it was like, you know what? You know how she always smiles when you're around and you know how like she only ever wants you? Like maybe it's only because you're breastfeeding. Like maybe it's just because you're the food source. Like that's why she's attached to you. And it was like these little, just like, eh, 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 like these little, like, little, and, and you know what I, what I did, because I, I've done a lot of work around this, right? <laughs> Is I paused and I said, whoa like no like no frustration brain like you know like Mm because this is just what you do but hey perfection hey anxiety welcome to our little filtered sun play date (laughs) like you are joining the show joining the party and just sort of this acknowledgement of this is just a part of me. And you know what? I know now so deeply, I have so much compassion for my anxious part and my perfection, my little inner perfectionist, because that really just is my fear and anxiety trying to have control. And it's just trying to keep me safe and my baby safe. It's trying to keep me in line, but the way that it delivers it is just not always so helpful. And it pops into these little moments where there's actually no threats and it's taking me out of presence. And you know what? It's just trying to do its job. But when I'm able to catch it and not shame it, this part of Mm -hmm. me, right, but just slow down enough to be like, hey, you... I know you're just and, and this worry and this desire to be the mom that's okay with mess and to <laughs> know what's wrong with your baby and to have her love you because she you're, for more than just being her food source like these are all just parts of you that want wants to be connected and bonded and present but you're actually not helping that right now <laughs> so we're gonna come back come back come back it's okay i know you're going to pop up again and thank you because sometimes i need you to yeah, let you me know for, when...
2: thank you for trying to keep us safe in exactly. this moment she just needs some filtered sun <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah yeah so countless times we're when even in those early classes right there's a lot of like just bringing it back to i mean really that's like this quick mantra that i is so helpful for new parents is like what do they need in this moment? Because yeah. sometimes those thoughts, I mean, the the volume on them gets turned up so loud, and it can help it to give us like a point of focus in our mind. Like, what what is she needing in this moment? Yeah, um, because it's it's rarely in service of like those those anxieties and those fears, right? Cause it's like in right. this moment, they're probably perfectly fine. Or maybe they're crying and like, maybe what is it they need in this moment? They need to know that I'm here for them to help them hold mm. these big feelings. Like, yep. and so I'll just say out loud, like I'm here, tell me all about it. Like mm. just just those little things,
0: <laughs> those yes.
2: little like refocusers can be so tremendously helpful. I had this little
1: song that I would sing to, so my son, who's now six, and we've been watching so many of these old films. I I had forgot that we I used to sing this to him. Um, but you know, I would, I would think, I would sing it for him. But I would sing it just as much for him as I was for me. Mm-hmm. So when he was kind of like one-ish, two-ish, like that sort of age, and I would, um, when he was having these harder moments, I would sing to him, "I love you, I love you, all the parts about you: perseverance, determination, very goal-oriented." <laughs> <laughs> and i would sing that to him as i would hold him and it was a way of me reminding myself there's nothing wrong with your kid and you and, and these parts of you that are coming up right now that want like the noise to stop and are feeling overwhelmed and may- mm-hmm. and like maybe just yelled or feel like yelling or like want mm-hmm. to just like walk out of the room like there's nothing wrong with him and there's nothing wrong with you. And gosh, like, I love all the parts about you to both of us, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, it was, and the the other parts were just reminders. Like he's very goal oriented, he's perseverant, he's determined. And like, you know what, these are all good qualities. And they're also very hard qualities to parent when your child has very limited language abilities (laughs) too.
2: (laughs) so like helpful especially in terms of like I'm a big proponent of like radically accepting the, ch- the child that you have and mm. that that same acceptance like once you start extending it to your child you can extend it to yourself too like I work with yeah. a lot of parents who have neurodiversities or like I worked with a dad who was in the military and suffered from a lot of PTSD and so loud sounds could be a real trigger for him so like he had noise canceling headphones so like that yeah. that's a That's awesome. Again, like that Venn diagram, right? Like maybe Mm -hmm. when your baby's crying a lot, what does your baby need? Maybe your baby needs to be held. Like every baby's different. They kind of need different things, but that's a pretty Mm -hmm. common one. So, like, he could stand and sway, and he was so strong. Like, he could hold that baby for hours and and they could walk for hours and Mm -hmm. that, you know, all of these beautiful things. And he had the noise canceling earbuds to meet his needs. And it was just like this beautiful, wonderful, accepting everybody's needs moment. And I think sometimes we can get hooked into that perfectionistic, like I need to look a certain way. I need to sound a certain way. Like Mm. you said, like the baby led (laughs) weaning or the exclusive (laughs) breastfeeding or whatever it is like, no, just what does my baby need in this moment? Mm. And what do I need? And that's all that matters, and if you need like some two two people with like expert hats to give you the permission to like surrender mm-hmm. to that, then consider this like your official permission from Cassidy and I. Like it's been yeah. stamped and approved.
1: Yes. Oh, yep. We have noise canceling headphones in our house, and my husband. It is for it is the best for all of us. Like, and I remember in the beginning just being like. Oh, my gosh, so that you could cancel us all out. and then, and then it's funny. Like you like as we learned more about one of our children who has sensory like a, a sensory experience that's different than mine, you know, like um, and then in in that being able to learn more about my partner and for him to learn more about himself through learning more about our child, and then to be like, oh my gosh yeah, you hear things differently than I do. Like it's going to – it's your your brain is actually registering and processing all of this differently than mine does. And you are going to be more present if you got these headphones on. So (laughs) please wear them, (laughs) you know. Um,
2: Sometimes it can be harder to extend that compassion to ourselves and to our partners. So if I can – like if I'm struggling with that, I'll swap in my kid. Like if my kid – yeah. Um, Is having some sensory overload issues. Would I give them like noise canceling headphones when we yeah. are in like loud indoor spaces? <laughs> like, yes, of course yeah. I would. So, yeah. like,
1: or would so. I leave early? Friends, like, my, my partner, yeah. I love- my, my partner, like, when we go somewhere social, I mean, we ha- he's <laughs> – this year, he's, like, he's thriving <laughs> this year. We yeah. don't do anything social. But, like, back pre-COVID, when we would go places, like, and I could just – I would feel it in my bones when I knew he was ready to leave. And with him, like, <laughs> it would be harder because maybe I wanted to stay. But then, yeah, like, my, my kids and especially one of my children, like, I know I can feel it in my – gut now. And I didn't feel it it took a while, right? Again, bonding and connection. It takes Mm -hmm. time and it takes time and to build that a level of connection to just know in your gut that like your child is ready to go. Right. And like, they're not going to maybe say I'm ready to go, but they're ready to go. And my partner too. But yeah, I think that it's, it's been, it has definitely been a part of just our family bonding journey that as we are learning to bond and connect with our kids, we're actually able to learn more about ourselves too, because yes. our children can reflect these parts. Right. And sometimes that's hard. Like I remember um, when my daughter was, it's like, she wouldn't sleep and she just seemed really stubborn. <laughs> and I remember just being like, Oh my gosh, she's going to be like me. And like, it was a part of me that was kind of in the shadows a little bit, like a little shadowy mm. part that I didn't necessarily want a light shone on. But as I let that part kind of – as I saw that part in her and was able to build the tenderness muscle towards that part of her, it was so much easier to turn that tenderness muscle towards myself, you know? And so I I love this Venn diagram that you're describing here about both both sort of growing with each other and honoring both the needs.
2: Yes, exactly that. It's all about honoring needs. And there's this secret that – this whole like parenting thing is actually not about parenting it's actually just about being in relationship yeah and so once you start to do this work in your relationship with your kids you start suddenly like extending it to yourself and extending it to your partner because it's sort of like re designing the template for what human connection is like and a lot Mm. of us like if we weren't raised this way i certainly wasn't raised this way you know within this like peaceful parenting gentle parenting paradigm a lot of us have really messed up templates (laughs) like that are not healthy and and we realize like we start to come face to face with that the day our babies are born
1: Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that
2: is like when we start to do that work of like redesigning that whole template. And it's actually really wonderful news, this secret, because it means like it its effect is so much more powerful than you even realize. Like, yes, mm. the day-to-day stuff is easier, like putting on shoes and getting out the door. Yes, all that stuff gets easier when you have this very deep, loving, unconditionally loving and secure attachment style relationship but also all your other relationships get easier and better
1: too mm. oh, absolutely I mean I think even in and this can be this can be painful hard work too um, but even in the relationship you have with your own parents right like
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i think that a lot of that stuff a lot of the the stuff some people call it baggage i call it luggage you know like <laughs> that you bring it's just it, it's, oh. it's coming along these experiences that you've had and these um, dynamics um and what feel like um it, yeah it feels like this is the only template i have but then once you get in it you can see gosh this really is hard. And, and you can, you can, I think it, it can take work and it can take having a, somebody to kind of walk you through that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to reflect back on the context of your parents' experiences and what resources maybe they had available to them, right? Or what their template was. Um, and, and and I think that, yeah, there's just, there's so much relational work and relational things that come up and come forward, right? When you become a parent.
2: When you have a baby though, it gives you this great, like super simple sandbox, like in the tech world, like where they like sort of beta test things and play with them and figure them out and and simplify them to like get to the heart of the issue. It's called a sandbox. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we have this baby in front of us, like this is the best invitation you are ever going to get to mm. grow in this way, and it really it's it can be so much simpler than we tend to make it, especially women who are like really intelligent and really accomplished, and mm. sometimes we just get in our own way, and <laughs> if we can just simplify things and just surrender to like what's the need in this moment? like mm. that's if that's all that exists in the universe, mm. it's it, it's so much easier.
1: Oh but Rachel, it's also so hard with the digital space that we also can find ourselves falling in mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and wrapped in. I mean, oh, like when I had my first nine years ago, I mean I think I think Instagram was Instagram a thing. I don't even know if it was, but it I wasn't was, when I
2: had my baby.
1: Yeah. I don't think that it was when I had her Facebook was. Um but it just wasn't what it is now. And gosh, I mean, I think about myself back then and I think about myself back then now and like opening up the phone and scrolling and just having so much access to information and in other people's lives, which can can feel like, okay, I can feel so much more connected to other moms, but I, and I also, and other parents, and I can also have so much access to like all these ideas around parenting and, but gosh, it can also just leave you, leave you feeling like you are not enough. Like you are doing it all wrong. Like you, your messy real life is not definitely not measuring up to what everyone else is. And like she for sure isn't yelling at her kids and she for sure is bonding easily. And she for sure doesn't get triggered by mess. (laughs) Like,
2: uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this, Rachel? Yes. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I think that There is this really powerful phenomenon, you know. The business world talks a lot, and we, and I feel like we talk about it a fair amount in psychology. That like you're kind of a reflection of like the five people that you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. Um, And there have been studies that really do confirm that. Like if your friend's friend gains weight, like then you gain weight. Like that. Yeah. And we're not like getting into like a whole diet culture weight criticism of that, which I could very
1: well do, but just that's another episode.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's a whole other episode. But it, it is a legitimate thing. So the first thing that I would invite listeners to do is just to be super intentional about who they follow on social media and always be like kind of that mindfulness state when you open up the app of If at any point as I'm scrolling, I hit on something that doesn't enhance my sense of peace, like then I unfollow. So like I'm very liberal Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the unfollow and I choose very intentionally what accounts I do want to follow. I know that seems like really simple, but I know that for me personally, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference.
1: Yeah, when I, I I think I love that you brought it back to because I've I've read that research around. Um, there's a really weird word for it, social contagion. I don't know Yeah, what that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they could think of a better <laughs> phrase for that. But it makes sense, right? That like you know, um, that the people that you spend the most time with, that there is this sort of like social contagion effect where, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody, I think they even said uh, there was, um, gosh, who was it? I think it was the author of emotional agility. I think she talks about it in her book. Um, Susan David, she talks about like, if you sit on a plane next to somebody who like is eating skittles like the chances of you eating <laughs> skittles yes. like it multiplies by a lot right like it's just like what we are exposed to and what we're, we are around but then i think about okay so it's super cool that like we can be connected to and follow some amazing um people through social media um that are going to make us like are going to teach us a lot or, to, or make us feel good and make us feel more at peace or we have we can be more connected to people that don't live near us right and friends and family in these ways um but but we are also like really spreading our potential c- contagions right yeah. like the things that we can, can can absorb um and sometimes and it's so it's so easy to forget this Rachel that like if I land on something and I don't leave this feeling more like feeling good and feeling mm-hmm. peace and it actually takes that away that I have permission to just unfollow or to close the app and to just come back into my real, my real life. And remember that it's not, it's not a reflection of real lives, like the digital space, like even we're not responding in real time. We, it's so easy to dehumanize each other in that space. Um, it's just,
2: oh. Yeah. And I think the whys, like some of the whys behind that are complicated. Like I know for me personally, um, like I don't share my kids' hard Mm -hmm. moments because I feel like those are theirs and I get their consent for everything that I share. So obviously the stuff that I'm sharing is like they're happy things and they're like moments of success. And I still believe that there's some value in that. Also, like I share maybe once a week, like a picture from my house because – Instagram, like, loves those. Oh, my, <laughs> so gosh. my gosh.
1: Isn't that so funny? It's like Instagram is this wizard behind the curtain, and it's like, yes. I I like these. You need yes. to be engaging more in this way. This is yes. it. Is. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> I have this, like, deal with myself where I – like, I'm not interested in being an interior design blog. Like, I, it's <laughs> sort of a hobby, but that's not my, like, mission in this world. So I I won't do it more than once a week. But when I do that once a week, then like the next four posts that are really meaningful and important, I feel (laughs) like for people to hear actually land in their phones. So, yeah. kind of keeping that, you know, all in mind that it's this complicated, imperfect system, but I am just like really, really liberal with the unfollows, even if there's not like a tangible good reason. Like we, yeah. especially empathetic people, like we feel like we're rejecting someone if we unfollow them, mm-hmm. but I can tell you, like, I don't, I don't know when someone unfollows me. And if the, if, if I do notice that they unfollow me, I think good for them. I'm really glad yeah. that like, They're curating their social media garden. (laughs) So like, you don't even have to have a good reason. Just if you're scrolling and like you said, you feel like, ugh, like I I don't feel better than when I started. Like, and there was a, there was a moment in that scroll where you felt that maybe they're just so pretty and perfect and it's triggering these like perfectionist things in you and just unfollow, like simple, simple, simple. Like it should be adding peace and adding value. And if it's not, then prune. prune, prune, prune,
1: prune, prune. prune. Okay. So because we are, um, right now in the midst of a pandemic and a lot of, you know, I I don't, I may potentially wouldn't have gotten a chance to go to your amazing baby massage class, (laughs) like in person, if I had that, if I was having a baby for the first time now. So I don't know, what are some ways that, um, that you would suggest that moms and parents can access some of these spaces where they can, I mean, I'm trying to think like, what were the ingredients of what you offered? I think it was um, connection. I was able to be seen. I was learning, but I was also learning in a way that felt really safe. And like I could, my baby could be a baby, right? Um, I don't know. Where, oh, do you have any ideas? I mean, I, I'm, people ask and I'm always like, I try really hard to come up with creative ideas, but it's, it's difficult right now.
2: Yeah. And I think just acknowledging that like for all of the families out there, like your level of difficulty is higher. (laughs) Like it just, is. like, that's a fact. The same with like, if you have a kid with like a particularly challenging neurodiversity, like the degree of difficulty is just higher. That's a like, there's no creative solution that's going to And I think that's like, it's, it's relieving. It's like, it's not you. (laughs) It actually is relieving. Thank you for saying that. Cause I think that it's like,
1: and I think that sometimes I, I want to, I want to help. I'm a helper. (laughs) And so people reach out and I want to have like the solution and the answer. This is something, this is something I've always had to work on personally as a therapist that like, I can't, it's not always, it's no, it's not just what's the solution. It's like, sometimes we just need to hold space for the feeling and some of that is grief. Grief that like and mm. and like acknowledgement that like this is harder. Like this is hard. Mm. It yes. feels hard because it is hard.
2: <laughs> it's so funny that you say that too, because I work as a coach and not as a therapist because I like some more like active solutions. Yes. <laughs> but like I totally, totally feel that. Uh I think there are definitely some like gifts of the pandemic. If yes. I can if I'm allowed to say I that, that. I have always worked very hard. Like we are minimalist. We live very simply, which is not easy to do with like three children and I'm an entrepreneur and my father lives with us. And you know, like the, the gravitational forces of like more and busy yes. are very strong. And so it's always taken a significant amount of energy for me to hold all of those forces at bay to be able yeah. to focus on what's really important. Yeah. And I feel like Oh, the families right now are having, you know, that, that work is a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But, um, so like in terms of the creative solution, it would just be being like really intentional about creating the, these kinds of spaces that we're talking about in your home, which is not the same. And it's definitely yeah. harder, but if you're, like if you can set it set aside, for example, like 15 minutes a day where you lay a blanket on the floor and you give yourself and your baby permission to be cranky or loud or messy or like have milk squirt everywhere or poop smear on your blanket. And you just like take off the diaper and just be stripped down, you know, the authentic version of yourself and be totally imperfect and just do nothing but like look into their eyes and like talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we're, like, yes, baby massage is wonderful. And like, if you have access to, I know there are, like, I have a video online yes. um, to help with that. I know there are other videos online. That's great. But even if it's like you sing a song, <laughs> like yeah. if you can like hold this sacred, even if it's just like 15 minutes of space yes. to be radically accepting of yourself and your baby. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of what happened in that class is that I started the class by saying, Everything that babies do naturally is welcome here. Mm. Crying is welcome here. Spitting up is welcome here. You crying is welcome here. <laughs> it is all it is all welcome here. Mm. Like mistakes are welcome here. And those are just words that I said but you can say them too. Like you oh. you can say that out loud in your home. Mm. Yeah, because oh my gosh, I I love I love because 15 minutes
1: does not seem too like intimidating, right? Yeah. But it's so I mean, it's and I'm thinking about for my baby right now when she was really little, um what we would do is we would get in the bath together. Um and she was in a little thing that could be in the bathtub and I would sit in there too and we were both naked and I was probably leaking and she was, you know, she definitely pooped in there on me once and it was like hilarious (laughs) because I was just like fully naked and she was like right, like in the perfect position to just like, I don't know. It was lovely. Um, But, but I think that, um, and I remember like just Try, doing my best right and again it's like what is like, what is mindfulness is mindfulness about like perfectly being present no it's about oh. noticing when you start to drift away and coming back and then noticing when you drift away and coming back and noticing some of the little things like trying to, i try i remember trying to take like a mental picture of like how her little toenails looked you know um and just these little things and singing to her and sometimes if i didn't want to sing i would just play some like elizabeth mitchell background music and sing along and and now our thing is to go outside and try to get some sunshine um and just yeah 15 minutes and and just trying to trying and imperfectly permitting yourself to try to be present and be mindful for those 15 minutes um yeah,
2: if we can just focus on those smaller bites like so it doesn't feel too big and it doesn't feel overwhelming and I have said on more than one occasion that Full presence can be overrated. And and by what I mean by that is that we sometimes have this idealized impression that like bonding only happens if we're like making full eye contact, talking to this one person, <laughs> thinking of only this one person. But like I have three kids, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is rare for that to happen. So even like presence for me, like I love the term passive presence. Actually, mm-hmm. passive presence is something I really strive for, which is like I'm available, I'm accepting, I'm I'm this like safe, um, gentle, empathetic, mm-hmm. um, like sun in this living beings universe like and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm making eye contact with them 24 hours a day or that I'm talking directly to them and only them for 24 hours a day so Uh, if you can even just like set the bar at like for 15 minutes I am going to be in passive presence meaning no matter what they do mm -hmm. I'm going to tell myself this is exactly what they're supposed to be doing in this moment and I'm just going to look like gaze upon them and wonder what it is that they need in this moment, like just just 15 minutes a day. And then you're going to notice that those times are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. A cascade happens.
1: Mm. Passive presence. I I love that because I can do that. You know, it's like I can do that. And I just – I think that a lot of times when we think of – this idea of gentle parenting and we think about bonding and attachment and presence. It just, there's like a weight to it, like a pressure. Oh, yeah. it doesn't, it, it actually doesn't feel Very good. And so, and it's like, wait, isn't that kind of opposite of the point?
2: (laughs) Shouldn't we be gentle with ourselves too? Oh, I love And I homeschool my three kids. So like, I I mean, if I I were to
1: hear hear you say that, I'm like, oh, I was picturing, I was, I think I was, (laughs) Rachel, picturing (laughs) you gazing into your, I don't know what I was picturing, but (laughs) that's great. (laughs) I love that.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, it would not be humanly possible for me to be actively present 24 hours a day no. with three children plus husband husband plus aging father who I care for like it, that's no. and my clients and that's no. not physically possible at all. So just being fully present in each moment for me is like what am I thinking and feeling and sensing and needing and what are the people around me feeling and needing and sensing and and we just sort of like kind of move in and out of like how intense that connection or how direct that connection is. Like Mm. throughout the day, it's sort of like holding it with an open hand as opposed to like a closed fist.
1: Mm, I love that. I'm such a visual person. So that just really, really resonated. Uh okay, well, Rachel, um, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I think I like. I'm like, wait, can we can we talk about? Can do another episode now? I can talk about so many things with you, but um, let's let's wrap up a little. Where where can people find you? And can you actually share a little bit about what you're doing these days? Because you're, I mean. This Like we've talked so much about how I met you, which was nine years ago, but I know that so much of your work, while the principles and the values have remained the same, it has also evolved. So what are, what are you doing these days?
2: Yeah. So my work has grown with my children because yeah. like so many people, my work is sort of a reflection of the work that I'm doing. Like when I want to learn or grow in a certain way, I kind of throw myself all in and I read every study and I read every book and I, you know, I do all the things to grow in this way. And then I kind of share that, um, as I'm, as I'm working through it with others. And so as my children have grown that my work has evolved. So same core values, like gentle parenting, natural homeschooling, and simple living are kind of like the three Mm -hmm. main values that my work is always centered around. Um, but my biggest, the thing I'm probably most well known for, is my homeschooling work. So the Sage Homeschooling book mm-hmm. is my most popular in my four book series, and the Bucket System class, which is about homeschooling, is my most popular class. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a money class that just came out. I know that seems a bit like odd for someone who <laughs> specializes oh. in gentle parenting, but <laughs> and m- mothers so manage. Yes.
1: we need Mother. to. we need to have another episode at some point around that I think that first I I think I need to do some more work for myself before I can hold space for the a money episode because <laughs> it's a it's a oh my gosh I'm so excited for that's I want I, I wanted you to talk about that and just mention that because I think that that's I'm really excited for you and I'm excited to
2: especially because like I, I advocate for this very Particular kind of lifestyle that has a whole lot of freedom in it. You know, I'm talking about like unschooling children and traveling, and the world is your classroom. And and in order to like really fully be free to like be in connection with these really complicated human beings, like I I would love to live in a world where money doesn't matter. But like real talk, it does. (laughs) Like we're not serving anyone by pretending it doesn't. Yeah. And I think, you
1: know, we we were talking earlier about, you know, um, the templates that we, the the luggage we feel like we bring Mm -hmm. from our own parents. And I mean, that's, I mean, like, I have some work to do on unpacking some of the things that I learned about money from my parents, you know? And like, so I just think that, Oh, that is, I'm so excited to to see what you're doing with this, Aww, with this next you. thing. So,
2: yes. It's all fun. this life, like being intentional with how you design your relationships and how you design your lifestyle. I'm just sort of inviting that into the personal finance space and then coaching. Like, so I do coaching around gentle parenting and natural homeschooling, simple living, all of that stuff. And then over the next year, I'm going to be working on um, a parenting class too that will just sort of. People t- seem to really, really digest the material well in classes, like the bucket system class, the money in class. Mm-hmm. So people have asked me to, um, you know, the coaching is a higher price point, right? As the therapist, you get it. So a class allows me to kind of reach more yes. people at a lower price point um, where I'll be putting in all the things that I often work on in coaching over and over again.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to link to all these wonderful resources in the show notes. And Rachel, I, can I link the baby massage video in yes. the show notes so that yes. people can be in their homes? Like there's the, I don't know, there's something so full circle and so meaningful for me that if there's like one mama that is listening to this right now, and then she like heard me share my story, which was so hard at the time, but heard me share my story and then says to herself, you know what, I'm going to go watch Rachel that Cassidy learned from (laughs) and I'm going (laughs) to massage my baby because I'm struggling to feel attached and connected right away. And oh my gosh, that would just be the most meaningful thing in the world to me. So if that's you and you're listening and you go and watch Rachel and I know that like that like you sent it to me and you're like this is like really old but like I I, you like you like stumbled upon it and like you found it and you shared it with me so I'm gonna link it here so that people can see you and hear your voice and I don't know that would just be so meaningful to me to know that maybe one even just one mom went and did that um it Uh would just be so full circle and such a yes. meaningful part of my story. So,
2: I would love that. I mean, my website is sagefamily.com and I'm sage.family on Instagram, but that infant massage video, it's called Soothing Slumber and I had actually somehow like lost touch with it. It was published through Amazon and then I somehow lost connection with like access to it. And then you actually asked me for it and it I took did. me like a year of <laughs> of like really hard work with Amazon trying to like track down my access to it. And so I finally have it again. Mm. And now I have it up on YouTube. So now we can share the link to it. Thanks to you, really.
1: I know. I re- I did ask you like a year ago for yes. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will link it here in the show notes for anyone who's interested in seeing Rachel's face and hearing her soothing voice more. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, Rachel, again. I'm so grateful to know you and to have you in my life as a friend. You've been such a big part of my parenting journey. So thank you,
2: Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for sharing this conversation with me. And thank you for letting me remain in connection with you. It's been a gift.
1: You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to hear when new episodes air. Looking for more support? I teamed up with a board-certified OB-JOY-N to bring you two e-courses for expecting and postpartum parents. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Thank you so much for inviting me into part of your day today. I'm so grateful, and I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.
0: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel.